Well, praise God. This is Evangelist Frank Kane. Thank you for listening today. I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, many people today live as if we are born just to live and then die. End of story. But the truth is, that's not the end of the story. The Bible declares that Jesus Christ is coming back again and everybody has to meet him. In this episode, I want to talk about the return of the Lord. I will be ministering from 2 Peter chapter 3 and I will be using the King James Version of the Bible if you want to follow along. Jesus Christ is coming again and the challenge for each of us is to be ready when he comes. People have been talking about the return of the Lord for a long time. They have been talking about that for decades, for centuries, for millennia. After a while, you may begin to wonder if perhaps you are missing something. Or is it that all this talk about the Lord's return is just religious jargon? Or does the Bible speak to this subject to make some sense of this long and drawn out process? Well, I'm here to tell you that the Bible does and that's what we will talk about today. We must not allow ourselves to be infected with the spirit of this world that's in denial about the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's actually what this portion of Peter's epistle, namely 2 Peter chapter 3, is all about. In verses 1 and 2, Peter reveals the occasion for writing this portion of his epistle. Verse 1, he writes, This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance that you be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandments of us the apostles of the Lord and Savior. In other words, he was not writing to share anything new with them at this point but he was writing to stir up their remembrance of things that had been written by the prophets of old and that had been taught by the apostles. The same is true about us. We come to church to learn more about Jesus and how to live the Christian life more effectively. But we also come to be put into remembrance of things we already know. Sometimes we have to be stirred up again about the truth that has become dormant on the inside of us. So Peter says, I'm writing this to stir up your minds by way of remembrance. Specifically, Peter was writing to warn the believers that some people would come 
and mock the idea of the Lord returning. He says in verse 3, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers or mockers, walking after their own lusts, verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. So that's the story behind the story. You see, when the Holy Spirit inspired the apostles to write these letters to the churches or the believers in their day, it was because of things that were going on in the church or because of challenges the believers were facing. So Peter says there will be mockers out there saying, where is the evidence that the Lord is coming back. Everything is going on, continuing as it has since the creation. So Peter gives the believers some facts to equip them against the mockers and unbelievers regarding the Lord's return. The first point is that what the mockers say is not true. According to verse 4, they were saying that all things continue as they did since the creation. But that's not true. Here's what Peter says to refute their claim. He says in verse 5, For they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. He says they are ignorant, willingly ignorant, of the fact that God destroyed the first world by water. So all things have not continued as they were since the creation. God destroyed the first world. We know the biblical account of God destroying the earth in the days of Noah. So a precedent has already been set. If God did it before, it is not unthinkable that he will do it again. Even though it seems as if the world keeps turning and life keeps going on, there will be a day when the Lord will descend from heaven and this current age as we know it will cease to exist. The second thing Peter shared was about God's concept of time versus hours. He says in verse 8, Beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Remember when Jesus was about to leave and he said to his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I will come again and receive you to myself. Well, I'm sure the disciples thought Jesus was coming back in their lifetime. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I'll come again and receive you to myself. But you see, the Lord talks about thousands of years 
as if they were but days. And to us, even though we know Jesus left almost 2,000 years ago to him, it's as if he just left a couple of days ago because a thousand years to him is but a day, according to verse 8. And you see, that's the problem. We are mortal creatures whose days are numbered, dealing with a God who is from everlasting to everlasting. And it is that disparity between us and the Lord that causes some people to mock the idea of the Lord returning. Thirdly, Peter talks about the Lord's patience or his long suffering. In verse 9 he writes, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. In other words, he doesn't just talk to be talking, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now this word long-suffering used in the King James Version means to suffer long, to be patient, or to be forbearing. I think the last meaning is the best one for this verse. It means to be patient under provocation. When I was a child, my mom used to say to me sometimes, you're trying me. In other words, you are provoking me and I'm about to let you have it. Well, this world is trying God. When you think about all the wickedness on the earth, and then you think about the holiness of God as revealed in the scriptures, this world is provoking God. The conduct of this world offends the holiness of God. And God is standing down while the world provokes him. And this verse tells us why. He wants none to perish, and all to come to repentance. So while under provocation, God is giving unbelievers a space for repentance, he wants everyone to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But my friend, eventually, eventually, that space for repentance will be no more. The Lord will return as he said he would. Just in case it's not clear so far as to what event Peter is talking about, I want you to know that he's talking about the second coming of Christ and not the rapture. Doing what we refer to as the rapture, the Lord doesn't return to the earth, but the believers are gathered to meet the Lord in the air. But the second coming, which is what Peter is talking about in this chapter, is the time when the Lord actually returns to the earth and judges those who refuse to repent and believe. It is called the day of the Lord. How do we know that is what Peter is talking about in this chapter? Because of what he says in verse 10. Let me read that. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt 
with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. So he says this event is the one where everything in this world will be destroyed. So that's how we know he's talking about the second coming. It is when the Lord descends and this current earth and heaven shall pass away. This is a serious topic we have talked about today. My goal is not to scare anybody, but to share this important gospel truth. We will always have some religious nuts coming out and giving some date as to when the Lord is coming. But the truth is, we have no idea exactly when the rapture will occur or the return of the Lord, commonly called the day of the Lord, will occur. It may be soon. It may not be soon. It's possible that all of us will have passed off the scene before either of these events happens. But that changes absolutely nothing. Remember, my friend, when Jesus comes for the church, commonly called the rapture, the dead in Christ will rise first, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Listen, it's not true that this current age will continue forever. There is a day when this world as we currently know it will cease to exist and it will usher in a new heaven and a new earth. We don't know when that fateful day will be. That's why Jesus taught his disciples to live in readiness for his return. Well, that brings us to the close of this episode. I want to thank you for joining me today. I hope that you were blessed during our time together as we talked about the all-important subject of the return of the Lord. Until next time, this is Evangelist Frank King saying, May heaven's best be yours.